Good evening, lovelies. Welcome to another episode of Coffee, Candy, and Creatives. It's Tuesday, and Tuesdays on CCC are recording. We talk about the courtship, we recap the previous week's episode, and we talk to a special guest. Now, if you have not seen last week's episode, go watch it. The courtship airs Wednesday nights on USA. Check your local listings, and you can stream it on talk Thursday and thereafter. So if you come to this show to listen and you haven't seen the previous episode, there will be spoilers. So do not call me out. Do not at me on social media because you've been warned. Now, I am here tonight with Mr. Dan Hunter. He unfortunately left the show last week. He had some walls that Nicole just couldn't get through. And we're going to talk about that. I'm looking forward to talking to him and hearing more about his worldwide childhood and living on a boat. So with that in mind, grab a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage, cuddle up, and let's get to Courtney. Hey, everybody. I am here with Mr. Dan Hunter of The Courtship. Unfortunately for him, but fortunately for us, we get to talk today. No, I'm very excited. Thanks for having me, Pop. God, I'm having so much fun with this. You have no idea. But sadly... In last week's episode, you had to leave. I think it was an honorable departure. And I sometimes I feel like the suitor goes home and it's like, ah, good riddance. But for you, it was it was this truth and this thing that she just couldn't get past. And we're again, I've said this a thousand times. We do not disparage Nicole on this show. We love her. People just sometimes are not meant to be together. But I wanted to jump into you personally first, because yes, we talk about the courtship. Yes, there will be spoilers if you're listening and you haven't watched the episode yet. It's not my fault. It's not Dan's fault. Uh, But I do like to talk about you guys because you're people. You're not just suitors. Mm -hmm. So you own a travel company. Yes. Yeah. So it's actually based out of Miami, Florida, because I'm a Florida boy, uh, born and raised, but I've been living on the West Coast for the last five years. Um, so yeah, it's called Now or Never Trips, and that's that's my passion is just uh, curating travel experiences to some of the most gorgeous places on earth. Typically, it's groups of like twenty to fifty people where we just curate the, uh, an entire experience for them. Oh wow! Now that you just brought up a whole nother subject because I'm a Florida girl. I know your childhood was kind of worldwide, but you were born in the Miami area, or where at? No, I was uh, born and raised in Oldsmar, which is right near Tampa. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I lived there until I was about nine, and then, as you know, uh, I did the sailboat adventure from the time I was nine till I was seventeen. Then came back to Florida, the same house I was raised in as a kid, and then went off to University of Florida. Go Gators! Go Gators. Oh my God. That's amazing. So from nine to 17 on a sailboat with your family, Mm -hmm. you hit puberty out on the open water. (laughs) You went through all, all of those kind of challenging things that everybody goes through when they reach those certain ages. But I, I can't imagine it was a massively huge boat in this small space with just your family. Did it bring you guys closer together, I think? Or was it kind of like, I'm sick of you, I need to not see you for <laughs> a little years. of both? You've <laughs> made a great observation. My sister and I, she's a year and a half older, we both hit puberty on the boat. So at the end of the day, it made us all very, very close as a family. But especially during those years, it, there definitely were some trying times. Um, you know, I've always been pretty easygoing. I've always been a mama's boy and a daddy's boy. So I, it didn't get too rough for me, but my sister went through a rebellious phase and uh, the boat is pretty small, 47 feet. 
we each had our own room, but uh, you know, other than that, this living room and the kitchen combined is probably the size of most people's bedrooms. And you can't really slam those little doors in there, can you? <laughs> no, no, not very well. Doesn't mean we didn't try sometimes. Right. Well, that's that's crazy. And what did I read about you going to a Spanish boarding school? Yeah. So when I was, uh, I guess I was 15 years old. We were on like the last leg of the trip, maybe the last third of the trip all the way around the world. We were in Europe and we had planned to spend, you know, about six months in Europe before we crossed the Atlantic Ocean and went back to the U.S. to get me and my sister ready for college. Um, and while we were in Europe, my sister and I were studying Spanish and we were really infatuated with the culture. So we actually convinced our parents, no, they, they didn't ship us off because of the puberty issue. We actually convinced our parents to put us in a Spanish boarding school for a year. And that was absolutely one of the most uh, formative experiences of my life. You know, being in a foreign school, a foreign country with a foreign language, only knowing my sister, um, and also not having been around kids my age for the last five or six years, it was a wild experience, but one I would not have changed because it was it was spectacular. I was going to ask, were your parents like, I can't take it anymore. I need a break from you. I'm sure it was a little of both, a little <laughs> of both. But we we desperately wanted to go to this school and my parents obliged and they got to do a romantic Euro trip for a year. And uh, I think my sister and I got closer because we were no longer, you know, rivals that we were on the boat. We actually became kind of partners in crimes during that year. Right. Well, you have to you have to bond together because now you have a common not enemy, but you have a common unknown. Yeah. Yeah. We really did bond a lot during that year. Oh, I have to think, though, like Spanish or even just European boarding school lends itself very much to manners, um, decorum, you know, all the things that you had to take to the show, which fork for crying out loud, this, that and the other. So, I mean, and then, you know, your parents come to pick you up and you have a new brother or sister, right? because they've been gone for a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember uh, the first time we came back after it was three or four or five months, my parents were shocked because I was several inches taller and, you know, my voice had changed and uh, my mom got a little teary-eyed that I was like literally becoming a man in this year. And then, so you come back home and do you go directly to university of Florida? Go Gators, by the way. <laughs> not, not yet. There was one, one more year on the boat. So part okay. of this agreement was that we we would just do one year in the Spanish school and then go back to the U.S. So um, because we still had to cross the Atlantic Ocean, um, we did that. We signed up for one more year of homeschooling on the boat and crossed the Atlantic Ocean, did, you know, several months in the Caribbean and then got back to the United States, uh, you know, when I was right about 16 and I went into my junior year of high school when I got back to the U.S. So I still got to do pretty much all three years uh, of my high school education. I got to do in schools and I got to go to Amer American high school for the best parts, junior, senior year. I had a blast there. And then, uh, yeah, I got into University of Florida. I was very excited about that. The childhood and the homeschooling on the boat and all of that aside, you did also get what a lot of homeschooled kids don't get. You got your senior prom, you got, you know, the homecoming football games, things yeah. like that. Drinking too many wine coolers. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with drinking age in Europe being 16 or 18, I don't even know. It's, it's pretty much as soon as you can see over the bar. I got a, a taste of that in my 15, 16 year 
uh, year old stint in, in Spain. Uh, so by the time I got back to the U.S., um, you know, I could hold my liquor pretty well while all the other kids were still uh, going a little crazy. About half dying in the field, as they say. And being Florida, we know that that's pretty much where everybody goes to get drunk is the beach <laughs> and the field out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It's an interesting place, that Florida. So you you brought this up. Oh God, I don't even remember which episode it was, but um, the dinner that Bokikio mm-hmm. rudely interrupted. You were talking about Christmas on the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he came in and busted up the party, but we won't go there. We won't go there. <laughs> so, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Just for the landlubbers, how long, if someone took a sailboat from Europe back to Florida without your stop, I know you, you, you hung out in the Caribbean for a few months. How long would that take? On a sailboat? Um, which travels typically from like six knots to 10 knots, you know, nautical mile per hour. It'll take three weeks just across the Atlantic Ocean. So just to get from, I think we went from the Canary Islands off the coast of Spain and then landed in uh, Bermuda, I think it was. And that passage takes about three weeks out of sight of land. The extent of my sailing knowledge is like that movie, Captain (laughs) We love Captain Ron. I've seen it probably 20 times. And like Moana. I mean, that's the extent of my knowledge. So that three weeks, that seems like, it seems like simultaneously a long time and a flash. You'd think it would take a lot longer. I mean, the the Titanic for crying out loud, but still different boats. Yeah, I see. I mean, I think cruise ships these days, you know, they go much faster and they can knock it out in a week or less. But on a sailboat, going a pretty consistent pace, three weeks, I think if you're not used to sailing, out of sight of land can drive people a little bit nutty. But thankfully at that point, you know, it was no big deal. We were just kind of, as kids, we were just kind of like bored. We had just had this awesome experience in Spain, meeting kids our age, having our first relationships. And now like three weeks on a boat, we're like, ah, we're back here, but it's, it's not that bad. And we're talking, you said nine to 16 or 17, right? Round the world. You got probably hit with like major storm engine failures or whatever all the stuff that could possibly go wrong and you dealt with it as a family mm-hmm. absolutely that's crazy to me it seemed very chaotic a very chaotic upbringing but on the other hand it feels like it really lent itself to make you a well-balanced human if that makes sense well thank you very much you know i i don't know if i call myself well balanced <laughs> but uh no it, it it really did bring a lot into perspective one cuz i got to go to countries that are not nearly as fortunate enough as the us which gave me tons of perspective early on in my life how how privileged i was to have a family that was raising me where you know it wasn't luxurious at all but i had everything i ever needed Um, I had a good education. I had parents, you know, to talk to me through anything. So it it gave me a lot of perspective in that regard to realize how fortunate I was and realize that no matter how big of a deal something is, you know, you guys can always get through it. And I think that's why now I tend to be a little bit more calm, cool, collected, because, you know, it's not the end of the world. I've been in crazy storms. We've had every part imaginable break on the boat. And we just handle it calmly together as a family you know if it wasn't life-threatening and it almost never was then you could take care of it right you go from like slight concern at the beginning and at the end you're like jumping off the back of the boat and shark infested waters oh yeah this is is a thursday right (laughs) 
exactly. And you survived your sister's puberty, which we know can be horrendous. I'm a girl, I can tell you, I can vouch. It's pretty bad. But... <laughs> yeah, no, that was definitely up there on the most trying uh, experiences of the boat. <laughs> this happened, this happened, but sis, you're the worst that's happened this month. I'm sorry. You are unflappable though, and or at least you seem to be. You were just like cool, calm, collected, and just unshakable where others would be like or just <gasps> there comes mr hunter he's just like yeah cool whatever it's fine but there was one thing you were firm about and it was and i've seen not to digress but i've seen on social media people arguing both sides of why mm-hmm. you, she said you had a wall that she couldn't get past now some people say that that was respectful that you were protecting past relationships mm-hmm. and other people were like Oh, well, he's just keeping, you should tell everybody, you know, you should tell your potential significant other everything. And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. I would hazard a guess to say that most people, I don't want to know, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get blindsided. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, tell me the key points. I don't need to know all of the business. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to think that you're hiding something from me or keeping something from me. If you keep your past in the past, I'm totally fine with that. Why do you think that was such a big thing for her? I mean, I, I get it from her perspective. She's she's trying to make the decision about who she's going to spend the rest of her life with based on what she can learn from these guys in a short amount of time. And I know vulnerability and I know openness um, was super, super important to her. So I can understand why that was a big deal. Um, you know, one of the reasons I wasn't able to get so deep is simply because I wanted to respect the privacy of, you know, my last relationships. I had signed up to be on the show, but they hadn't. So I was always willing to talk about what I had learned and, you know, what I'm looking for in a future relationship. But, uh, you know, when it came to giving out intimate details of a past relationship, that was something I had to respect the privacy of significant others from the past. Right. And it's not your business to share, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I talked to Charlie and Jaquan. You just reminded me. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've actually seen those guys quite a lot uh, in Los Angeles over the last month or two. They're hilarious. I interviewed them together. And oh, that- nice. That's yeah. awesome. But what reminded me of Jaquan and then Charlie was that he had a daughter that mm-hmm. he had talked. And that, like I said, that would be probably the only piece of information me personally would need from a person is to know, do you have kids? Are they a part of your life? Am I going to meet them? Mm-hmm. What are they? That's all you need to know about the past. Yeah. 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 And for me personally, you know, I, I, tr- I tried to tell her on the show, but maybe it didn't come over as well, but I, I am an open book. You know, there's not much that I'm afraid to tell people on a national level, but when it comes to respecting the privacy of friends, significant others, or family members, again, I signed up to be on a show they did not. So I'm an open book, but I have to respect their books and keep those books closed. To an extent, it's kind of like, oh, when an actor, they're like, oh, well, we, they have a kid and you're like, oh, how can we never see pictures of, well, they're not the actor. They, yeah. they didn't be in the spotlight like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For everybody on the internet that said it was about respect, they are correct. And thank you. <laughs> absolutely understandable. Like I said, yeah. it's not, it wasn't your story to tell. Yeah. I almost wish I had a more uh, climactic story to tell <laughs> at this point. Like I'm an undercover James Bond, uh, you know, living a double life secret agent. That would mm-hmm. be a way cooler story. 
but uh, no, it, it was simply a matter of respect. And um, I hope people can tell by the way I carry myself on the show and my importance of family and my friends and the relationships in my life, you know, respect for those people close to me is, is probably one of the most important priorities in my life. And that goes all the way back to that, those many years on the boat with the family where I, that doesn't really foster a sense of, I don't want to use privacy, but like secrets, you don't have secrets in a, what did you say? 47 foot boat. I mean, (laughs) no, if you're crying, the rest of the family knows if Mm -hmm. you're cracking yourself up, up over like YouTube videos, everybody knows because the walls are thin. There's no secrets. So to be able to keep something to yourself that's private and special, totally understand. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that was the Spanish boarding school. That was the cover. That was actually a spy school is what it was. Oh, yeah. We're breaking that, it out. I see that. You know, I was right at the right age. A little bit of, uh, I just saw the Black Widow movie. Maybe a little bit of that. Training right? childhood spies. But uh, no, no, that was just trying to learn Spanish. <laughs> Hablas español? Un poquito, sí. Yo también. Como un mono. I always say, I, I speak it like a monkey. <laughs> so take us really quick back to the boat, and then we're going to go, we're going to come back into the future. Sure. How do you how do you keep yourself occupied? Homeschooling, obviously. Lessons, swimming, I'm sure. Snorkeling, mm-hmm. dive. I assume a lot of reading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, we had pretty much all the same interests most kids do. Um, so when we weren't, when we were finished with our school, and the cool thing about homeschool is it doesn't take eight hours like it does uh, in the regular school, you can knock it out in like two, three, four hours, or you can do, you know, two or three days in one day if you got a big trip coming up and you want to take some vacation time. So that was honestly a great learning experience on time management, but school came first. Then if we were just hanging out on the boat, we typically would watch one or two movies every night or shows. So, you know, all the movies from the 80s and 90s that my parents loved, those are now my favorite movies. And um, we typically watch a couple movies or episodes of a show every night after dinner. And then I would read books or I would play video games. My parents, uh, I remember when we were on the boat, I think all I ever had was the original PlayStation, but and uh, maybe a Game Boy Color, if anybody remembers those. Um, so I used to play those quite a bit. And then anytime we were at a place where we could go to shore, my parents always gave my sister and I a ton of autonomy to just take the dinghy, the little inflatable boat with a little outboard engine. We could take that onto shore. Um, you know, not so much in big cities, but whenever we were on these secluded islands, we could take it to the beach and go skimboarding or go surfing, or me and my sister would take each other wakeboarding in the dinghy. So, um, Whenever we were in a new cool place to explore, we always took advantage of that. Your parents are like, bye kids, don't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, sometimes we come back with a black eye or a couple scrapes, but uh, you know, nothing too serious. That is such an enviable childhood. Um, no, you said the original PlayStation and my eyes were like, Ooh, oh my God, the Disney Magic Racers and the Spider-Man. Those were oh. my <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't have either of those games, but Crash Bandicoot, yeah, and then Game Boy, there was, you know, a lot of Pokemon, things like of, that. Of course. You said that the business is based out of Miami, but you're in LA? Mm-hmm. So I actually split my time between Florida and LA. So I'm, I'm pretty much in Florida for about six months of the year, where I'm spending a ton of time with my family, you know, ever since 
uh, everything kind of shut down in 2020, I've been trying to spend at least six months of the year with my parents in Florida. And I typically just stay at their house. You know, it's, uh, it's a big, beautiful house. And I also have a lot of friends from school who still live in that area. And then, uh, you know, I'm in LA for the other four or five, six months of the year where I'm spending a lot of time with my friends. A big, big portion of my friends now all live in Southern California. Yeah, and I assume that you spend the the non-hot months in Florida or as much as you can. Yes, yep, absolutely. The Florida Florida gets great in the wintertime. <laughs> it, and it's miserable right now. Actually, today wasn't too bad, but the past couple of days, it was like 90 degrees outside. And I'm like, I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. And whenever I'm home, uh, my parents are huge beach volleyball players. So whenever I'm home, they play volleyball four times a week and each time for four hours a day. So um, our favorite pastime now when I go home is I go play beach volleyball with them four times a week. And it's honestly amazing, uh, but not this time of year because, man, you can literally drink a gallon of water and like not even have to go to the bathroom because you're just sweating. Well, I mean, you can't even walk from your front door to your car without being like drenched mm -hmm. in humid. Like mm -hmm. this is disgusting. And then don't touch anything when you get in the car because. <sighs> oh yeah. We have the sanitary plastic <laughs> wrap on all of the car seats and uh, yeah. definitely gets lots of sand and sweat in there. I'm sorry. You can't have a clean car. Not at least not where, where you grew up and where I, where I am and where I grew up because mm -hmm. I'm on the coast and it's like no if you didn't have sand in your in your carpet and in your seats you're not Floridian forget about it yes yeah come on <laughs> I think Derek Mr. Kessler's parents are near yours they're over on the the west coast I want to say like Clearwater or something like that oh wow well we're like 10 minutes from Clearwater so uh I should I should make that connection yeah I saw Mr. Kessler recently in LA as well he did a short couple week trip and then um Charlie was over here for a month or two and we just had an absolute blast with the uh, yeah. reuniting. Oh my God. And you guys just saw like posing and on the lifeguard stand and showing up, which by the way, if people haven't seen last week's episode, highly recommend it. If you want to see some beefcakes. <laughs> yeah, they, I have to give them some credit. They showed me some love on that last episode, even though <laughs> You know, spoiler alert, I got eliminated. They showed me some love with some uh, close-up body shots during the strongman competition. I was uh, flattered and, uh, and a little shy about that, but it was very cool. You too can look like this if you play beach volleyball four times a week. There it is. 10 push-ups a day and then tons of beach volleyball. <laughs> All you need and probably eat healthy or something I don't know oh, yeah. but yeah the guys it's so funny you guys are like clump I think the only exception is like and I don't know how the show ends I don't have any inside secrets or anything but I feel like maybe Giuseppe and Bokikio are up here but like everybody else is in Miami or like right yeah, now for the most part I know we got a couple Midwest guys like Lincoln I think is more or less based in uh, Nashville and then Mr. Judge Jesse Judge I thought he was Michigan. Michigan, yes. He's been very under the radar. So I'm like, hmm. hmm. I know. I know. It's going to be a, a hot be competition from here on out. It's going to be interesting. And I, oh, and Christian's out with you too. But I think Derek might be back in Canada now. But yeah, it's so funny because like, it seems Miami and LA is like, got everybody. Right? Yeah. And it's kind of cool. And well, and obviously Dr. Hatem is all the way in Ireland. And I heard, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but I've heard from a couple different gentlemen that y'all watch the show together sometimes. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Oh, yeah. You, 
it's been a huge bonding event, at least here on the West Coast in, in LA. For me, Jaquan, Charlie, Christian Cones, to all get together on most episodes and watch it together. And, you know, a couple of my close friends who, who've been hosting me, Emily and Aaron, they have a beautiful house and um, they say they can't watch the show without us because our commentary is just too good when we're watching it live. Not, not any spoilers or behind the scenes, just like talking about like, oh, I didn't know you did that. I can't believe you said that about me. And it's just great, great commentary watching it together and just kind of a bonding relationship. That's awesome. And that's something that pretty much everybody has said that they've come out of this with good friends, lifelong relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, didn't get the girl, but I left with some epic guy friends. And what more could you ask for? You could ask for the girl. (laughs) If you can't have the girl, you can at least take something of worth away from it. Yeah. Oh, man. And I mean, I'm so happy I did the experience. The cast and the crew, they were all so amazing. Like um, everybody on the production team, they took such good care of us. And it, they, it was during a time when COVID protocols were insanely strict. So like, you know, I have to get my tip of the hat to the production team who just took such great care of us while we were there and also, you know, kept us as safe as possible. I can't imagine it was difficult because... This is a romantic reality show. There's going to be hugs. There's going to be kisses. There's going to be canoodling. There's going to be hand-holding. There's going to be all of these touchy-feely moments. And it's like, COVID, COVID, COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, all of us who were on the show, we were kept in the strictest of bubbles. But, you know, the people I feel for are anybody who came in contact with us. They were kept on as strict of guidelines as we were. So, you know, quarantine for over a week beforehand. And, you know, anybody who came within six feet of us, they had to be in a specific zone with specific protocols and quarantine times. So, yeah, we were kept very safe. But, you know, the people outside of our bubble also had to take crazy measures to make sure everybody was safe. And it worked because everybody seems to have had a great time and survived. Yeah. I the show's not over yet, but we'll see. You're broken hearts, but uh, yeah, so far, all all the suitors have survived. That's right. Can you really die of a broken heart, though? I think we'll be okay. Nah, no. We're, we're young enough to bounce back, hopefully. I keep looking at you because your hair looks so good, and they had you so so gelled on the show. <laughs> look is so good on you I love oh, it oh thank you yeah yeah no no now I can run my hands through it this time <laughs> like it's like on the show you're like don't touch it don't touch it yeah uh, yeah no I I wasn't doing my hair every day on the show so uh you know that's at their discretion but <laughs> to see you guys's bios and and to watch you on the show and then to talk to you in like real life I'm mm-hmm. like oh wow you look different than I expected and because I think it was like the show is, is so much about stoicism. It's decor, manners, it's proper. And then I get to talk to you and it's like, oh, wow, they, they're loose. They're easygoing. They're yeah. I have to remind myself it is real, but it's also a show. Everybody's not exactly as they're portrayed on the show because I thought Giuseppe was a douchebag. I was like, <laughs> this, dude, this dude's an a-hole. And then I talked to him and he's the sweetest guy ever. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, no, honestly, I can say I like all of the guys from the show. So, uh, you know, don't don't judge the books by their cover too much. But yeah, uh, honestly, all some pretty chill, pretty down to earth guys. That's true. I can second that. 
you guys are that cool. <laughs> you're not like acting like, you know, Tom Cruise or whatever. You're not like, don't talk to me. You know? <laughs> no. Like, yeah, come down. That would be awesome if you're ever in a lake. Yeah, no, I would look, I would have loved to have done an in-person interview and I'm sure any of the guys in Florida would gladly do it if, uh, if you were willing to come to them. <laughs> well, Lewis still owes me brunch. Achilles was first. Lewis was the second person. Unfortunately, he was the first to go home. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen episode one, he's like, he's like, come down and see me. I'll make you a brunch. That sounds amazing. I would okay. take him up on that offer. Mm-hmm. So every time I talk to him, I'm like, mm-hmm. You haven't fed me yet. So yeah, you guys are so cool. I want people to know that. And you guys are really interactive on social media, talking to people. So you guys listening, they're human. They had their hearts broken. Some of them, some of them, I don't, I think they left and they were like, "Eh, okay, that was cool. Mm -hmm. On the whole, you guys are sweet. You're kind, you're funny, ambitious. Every single one of you is passionate about your business. Like you said, now or never trips. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's cool because a lot of these other television shows, not to disparage, the people on them are shallow, shall we say? Mm -hmm. They're kind of one dimensional. So it's really refreshing to talk to you guys. I have to say. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I I have no experience with other reality shows, but, you know, people ask me the same question you asked me or, you know, that you implied. It's like, ain't the guys like, would you not want to hang out with any of the guys from the show? And the answer is honestly, no. If I'm in the same city as any of these guys, I'm down to hang out. And, uh, you know, we, we just skipped past all the surface level formalities in a friendship because we were living together, going through something wild together, and we're all closer because of it. And it, it's actually a really, really cool community of guys to have now. I'm just saying that whole brother-husband thing would have worked for me if I was Nicole. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up new? I mean, you're in LA now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm, we'll hang out. But uh, yeah. what's up for you? Work hard with your business and keep doing, all, keep doing what you're doing. Keep looking for the lady. Or are you going to let her walk into your life? Yeah. So... Um, uh, I'm not one to try to overconstruct or overanalyze, you know, uh, finding the right person, but that's definitely still uh, big on my radar, you know, and um, other than that, yeah, just forming the business. We obviously um, took a little bit of a break with Now or Never Trips in the heart of COVID, but now we're finally picking things up and getting a few trips on the calendar for this year. So that's taken a lot of my time and I'm super excited to get back to traveling and also leading these types of excursions for other people who have been messaging me nonstop for the last year saying, we're ready for a trip. We're dying for a trip. You know, we want to go here. We don't know how to plan it, like help us. So um, we have a few exciting trips that we'll be releasing here in the next uh, 30 to 60 days. Awesome. So theoretically, if someone wanted to spend like a week in the Scottish Highlands, you would take them as the leader, as the tour guide, as the the guy? So most of our trips work at, in the way that we'll select a destination and a date, and then we'll publicize that. And, you know, on any given year, we could have anywhere between five and nine trips. So close to one a month when things get busy again, but we'll actually choose our destinations. We'll plan everything in advance. Now I do have groups coming to me, groups anywhere from like 13 to 40 people and say we have these people where you know I just had somebody reach out to me recently we're in Southeast Asia for a wedding and 40 of us from the wedding group want to go to Bali 
and I'm in the process of potentially booking their trip right now, and that would be happening in a month. So for certain groups that reach out, we'll plan custom trips for them. Um, but a lot of times when we're bringing all these unique people into one group, um, they're, they're preset dates. And honestly, that's one of the cool experiences because you can book all by yourself and make 30 brand new awesome friends that live all over the country and even all over the world. Uh, or you can come with a significant other or a partner. You can come with a best friend or you can bring a group of 10 people. But you're guaranteed to be matched with a bunch of other like-minded cool people that you'll become great friends with. So is this something like they could go to the website and look at the different dates and be like, oh my God, in June they're going to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So as soon as we post them, like I said, in the next 30 to 60 days, they'll have a couple of different trips uh, select from this year. So uh, stay tuned for that. Typically, um, there should be one in Southeast Asia coming up soon. And then there also should be a couple in the Caribbean slash South America coming up as well. That would be cool. And can can kids go? Uh, it is more of an 18 or well, honestly, probably more of a 21 and up kind of group because uh, the way our trips work is on any given day, uh, we're taking you to do the most beautiful sites or kind of extreme adventures. Like we've done ATVing, mountain biking, zip lining, um, you know, uh, booze cruise where we cruise around the Thai islands. And so we're doing a cool or adventurous excursion every day. And then at night, you know, after the meals, we're typically taking you out to some of the best nightlife spots. So for people in their 20s and 30s and, you know, 40s, we're creating a cool party environment in the evenings as well. And you can see that if you, you go to nowandevertrips.com, you can see some of our videos. We've taken videos at every location we've done. Um, and they're pretty awesome videos, but you can see it's a nice mix of adventure, of sightseeing, and also, you know, we, we don't let the partying uh, slip by either. Well, if you hit, you know, like Thailand, just pop in, see Captain Kim, and you'll be good to go. But I, I know, would... I know, I'm dying to go back to Southeast Asia. I lived there for a year and a half in uh, 2018, and I am dying to go back. They have all of those ruins of the temples, like in the jungles, and oh, gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, bit by a snake and die and then get eaten <laughs> just to wander around something that's like thousands of years old mm -hmm. mind blowing yeah no it's incredible that's why i love traveling southeast asia it's probably one of my favorite regions to travel to because uh it's not just like another place it's like another world it's and it's beautiful the people are couldn't be more grateful and friendly you know i lived there for a year and a half never had trouble with uh, theft or crime or anything like the people were just incredible and uh, can't speak highly enough about traveling that region and it's all opening up now so if you've never been to Thailand, Bali, Vietnam, Cambodia do it now it's going to be beautiful right now and they need the tourism. Nowornevertrips.com and where can people follow you on social media? Yeah you can reach me on Instagram it's dan.hunter and then uh, that's my most active social media channel but I, I'm also uh, on Twitter and TikTok. You know, I've only had one or two TikToks so far, to be honest. But Charlie's trying to teach me the ways. But uh, Twitter and TikTok are both Dan Hunter. And that's Dan with three N. Oh, my gosh. D-A-N-N-N -N Hunter. All righty. Perfect. Yep. And I've never explained that to anyone publicly yet. But I chose that one because I don't like numbers at the end. But two, it's actually an abbreviation for Dan, now or never, Hunter. And, and 
Hunter. This is breaking news, people. <laughs> and thank you again so much for taking the time to talk to me. And oh, well, I it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. I say this to every single one of you, and I mean it every single time. Keep in touch. If you're ever in town, if you're ever in the state, we'll hang out. And whenever you come to LA, um, let me know. I would be glad to take you to brunch or whatever, whatever your choice is. Brunch, dinner, drinks. Would love to uh, love to connect in person. Thank you so much. Have a great night, Dan. Thank you. You as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this creative conversation. Be sure to follow me on social media. I am Pup Duffy basically everywhere. You can follow the show on Facebook. It's Coffee, Candy, and Creatives. Head over to BeUnique.org. Like, follow, and support my beautiful humans over there. Be sure to check out my sponsor. And for your own sponsorship or interview opportunities, please email me at pup4ccc at gmail.com. If you like the music you're hearing, head on over to RaleighKeegan.com and do yourself a favor and buy this album. You can download it or you can have a physical CD. You can also keep up to date on tour dates and future releases. As always, take care of each other, love each other, watch each other's back, and I'll see you next time.